Well, good morning. We want to welcome you to Spruce Grove Community Church. It's time to worship God. And Father God, we thank you that we have the opportunity today to come into this building and to give you praise. God, you are a good God. You do so much for us every single day, the small things, the big things, so many things. And God, today we come into this house and we say you are God, you are Lord, you are great, you are amazing, you are faithful, you provide for all of our needs. And so, Father, today we come and we say we will worship you because you are God. So let's worship him today in Jesus' name. There's an invitation in Hebrews 12 to make an exchange in our lives. And it says this, it says, whatever can be shaken will be shaken. And it's a, it's a profound passage, but the invitation that God has given us is, listen, give me your life and I will give you mine. I don't care what condition yours is in. I don't know. I don't, I, 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 it doesn't matter what's wrong with it. It doesn't matter how broken, how spoiled, how rotten it is. It said, come to me, come to me, come to me, and I will give you my life. And so if you're here today and you're aware of the fact that your life is not as what it should be, that your character and your, your experience and who you are at the core of your being is disappointing, well, welcome to the club because this is why we've come. Because everything that we can make of ourselves can be shaken, but there's something that he can give us that cannot be shaken. And so today as we're worshiping him, we're simply coming to him saying, God, I want that thing that cannot be shaken. I want the life. I want the experience. I want you at the core of my being so that I will not be shaken. God, we say today in Jesus' name, you are unshakable. You are unshakable. You are unshakable. And we come to yoke our lives with you. We come to be united in one spirit with you. So, Lord, we leave our lives behind. We make this exchange and we say, God, show us, show us how to do this. In Jesus' name. Just continue to sing this. It's like a mist that's just floating into the room, something of the glory of the Lord. Let's honor him. Honor him. Give him your complete attention. You know, I think we should do a song, a celebration song. You know, there's something about the father that he, he's always wanted a family. And uh, somebody came to me with a prophetic word and said, you know, we need to prostrate. There's a posture before the Lord. And uh, that posture is the posture of coming as a family. And, uh, you know, the thing about when you're coming as a family is there's, you make room for everybody, and it's not about your performance. It's not about, you know, we're not trying to show up the kids this time. We're not trying to demonstrate our skill. We are just coming in simplicity, celebration as a family. So I have a message to share. I don't want to share that, but let me tell you something that's coming to the earth. Uh, resurrection life. Resurrection life. Resurrection life. And, uh, you know, what, well, what is resurrection life? It's, it's more of God. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so uh, I remember a couple of years ago, 
I think it was myself and uh, David Noble and um, Mr. Sejour and Steve Bain. We went down to some meetings in Florida. And I remember when we were down there, there was, there was a revival meeting, some good things going on. But uh, I started noticing that I had all of this energy. It was like uh, I, we were getting up at 6, 6.30 in the morning. We were staying up till past midnight. And after three days of this, I was thinking, man, this is really unusual. And then I started, scriptures started coming to me. And one of them was about Paul's amazing uh, endurance. His, his capacity seemed to be so much greater than other people around him. And, he, you know, he literally said, I, I pray in tongues more than you all. And he said, I labored more than they all. And one of the things I feel like we're coming into is a realization that the kingdom of God, amongst other things, is an atmosphere that gives you the ability to do what you can't normally do. And uh, I'm expecting, I, I expect right now, if you're tired, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're tired of trying to do things, right? If you're tired of life, if you're lacking energy, I'm telling you, one of the things that God is bringing is an atmosphere that causes you to be able to do more with less. And, you know, we see that... Uh, reflected in the natural. I was just in Peru. When was that? Uh, doesn't matter. We went up to close to uh, Machu Picchu is in the high places. And man, it was terrible. It was Cusco, the name of the city. But, but when you're walking, you can't hardly walk 100 feet without getting exhausted. And so what is the difference? I mean, I can walk 100 feet. No problem, right? Can you walk 100 feet? Who here can't walk 100 feet, you know, that has legs and is not an invalid? Right? We can do that. But suddenly, in this other environment, it's near impossible. It's taxing. I'm exhausted. I need a rest. I need to go back to the hotel, have a sleep. What would you do? I walked 100 feet. Right? So it's not about my ability. It's not about what I can or cannot do. Suddenly, it's the atmosphere that makes everything possible or impossible. And this is what the kingdom of God is about. It's not about human accomplishment, what we can or cannot do. It's about an atmosphere that enables us to do what we can or cannot do. And so, you know, even today when you see, uh, I fly a lot, but uh, these new Dreamliners that come out, one of the things they talk about is an oxygen-enriched environment. And with an oxygen-enriched environment... Suddenly, you know, they say, you, no more jet lag. You're going you're gonna to land, and after 16 hours of flying, you're going to feel refreshed. You're re- regenerated. You're going to be ready to go, full of energy, full of life, full of vim, full of vigor. It's great. So, so the, the oxygen-rich environment gives you the ability to do things you otherwise cannot do. So I, I was thinking about all this as we're praying in there, and I, and I saw this, this picture of a man you know, a man with one of these, but much larger. It was a clear thing, but it wasn't natural. And he, he had it around his head. In fact, he had it around his whole body. And, uh, and he's walking around, and he finds somebody who is, you know, you know tired. And he said, said, what's the matter with you? He said, I'm so tired. He said, well, don't you have one of these? It, but it's invisible. But it's this, this thing around him that's filled with a different environment. It's like this cube that he's walking in that is saturated with oxygen, oxygen-enriched air that causes him to have a tenacity that nobody else has. And he says to the other guy, he says, don't you have one of these? And this is what the kingdom of God is about. It's about, not about, I'm better than you, I'm worse than you, what, how come you're tired and I'm not? It's about, do you have some of this? 
Do you have some of this? And what God is trying to get us to understand is that there is a difference between one atmosphere and another atmosphere. That there's an atmosphere that is that that is uh, that oozes from who God is, that is rife with life, that is rife with everything. It empowers everything that's necessary for life and godliness. And it's not about you trying harder. It's just about stepping into something that you didn't have access to before. So there's no praise in it. There's no there's no reputation increase. There's, it's not you. This is why Paul said, I did all these things, yet not I, but the grace of God. The grace of God. So how do we get this stuff? How do we we get this oxygen-enriched environment? For starters, you got to want it. You got to know it's there, and you got to want it. You know, it's interesting. It says that, uh, you know, to please God, you must first believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those are the same two components. You've got to believe that he is. You've got to believe that there's another atmosphere possible that comes from the presence of God, and you've got you to seek for it. You've got to want it. Wow. Well, what if I'm not sure it's there? Well, there's, that's why you're not seeking. That's why we don't seek. It's because we're not sure if it's there. So what God is trying to do is to show us, kind of like, I mean, I'd heard about, you know, what it's like to go on, you know, Machu Picchu or Cusco, these places. How many thousand feet were we at? 11,500 feet. I heard what it's like, but I thought, I've never experienced that. What's that like? Well, it's like running a mile, but you've only gone 100 feet. That's what it's like. And so what if God could take you from the toil of your present existence, create an environment around you, that makes you to do, enables you to do 10 times more than what you can do right now. Well, well, how does that apply to me? Well, have you ever tried to be godly and gotten tired because you can't do it? Have you ever tried to fend off sin and gotten tired because you can't do it? Have you ever tried to, you know, uh, have a good attitude, but it's like mm, a lot of suppression? Right? This oxygen, this atmosphere, this heavenly presence creates that which you do not have. That's the kingdom of God. So, Father, we pray and we declare today, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we are praying for the atmosphere of heaven to come down to the earth. Lord, we're not looking to escape this earth. We are praying this. Change the atmosphere of earth and let it be filled with the atmosphere of heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is, just like it is, identical to the atmosphere of heaven. This is why we're here. So that's what we're doing. Hallelujah. So uh, this somewhat ties into what I'm about to say. I was seeing something when we were worshiping here. And so I want to read a passage here. The, the book of Hebrews is about the ascension of a people into the promise, into destiny. And it's connected to, it's connected to atmospheres. It's connected to grace. It's connected to a power. And basically... He's exhorting them because some have have stopped in the journey. Some have fainted. Some have fallen away. And so he's exhorting them. He says, listen, don't be like your forefathers 
who didn't apprehend the promise. There's a destiny for you to apprehend. There's something for you to walk in. Don't be like them because they got discouraged. And says the reason they got discouraged is because they didn't really believe. So he boils it down to faith. You know, I know that might make you culpable, but hey, we are all culpable. All right? It's a question. I mean, I, I don't have all faith. Uh, it, the disciples of Jesus didn't have all faith. They were being admonished, rebuked, corrected for not having, for being of small faith, for being of little faith, for being of weak faith. Right? So we're actually going from a place of less weak, infantile, diminished faith to greater faith. That's just par for the course. So anyway, he's saying, listen, faith is the key here. So he says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the, the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, it was not those who came out of Egypt, led by Moses. With whom was he angry? Forty years was it not with those who sinned, whose corpse fell in the wilderness, and to him... To whom did he swear that they should not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. So he said, listen, all these guys, right, they, they, they left Egypt, but they didn't arrive at the finish line, the finish line that God had determined for them. So he said, don't be like that. And our, all right, we, we don't want to be like that. So the question is now, what is God doing in our life in order to get us there? How is he increasing your faith? What does that look like? Uh, I mean, I'm trying hard to believe. Have you been trying hard to believe? Is that wearisome? Is that tiresome? What if faith was the product of an atmosphere? What if faith was the product of an experience? That's why he says, don't harden your hearts, uh, right? But heed the voice. Heed the voice. And what, he, what he's saying to them is the same thing he's saying to us. Listen, I am talking right now. I am talking to the church. I am talking to my people. I am speaking into creation, and there's a word that will release you into the next thing. So don't focus on being discouraged. Don't focus on what you haven't been able to do. Just believe that what you haven't been able to do up to this moment, you will be able to do in the next season. That we are leaning into the next season of God. I believe that there is a resurrection power that's coming to the earth. So anyway, uh, I'm trying to get distracted. But he says, and I don't want to go into the whole thing. But basically, he says, listen, what you need to do is move into God's rest. And he gives this picture that there's a place where you're free from toil. You're free from self-effort. You're free from essentially this, your works so that you can do his works. Okay? So this is what he's doing in our lives. He's saying, listen, I want to free you from you doing your works. Well, okay, yeah. So, all right. Okay, so you're freeing me from me doing my works. So which are my works? Well, when you first became a Christian, you think, okay, my works, you know, I got, I, I got to stop sinning. Those are my works. I mean, I got to stop doing the bad things, and I need to do the good things. This is a misnomer. This is a paradigm that we're actually trying to shift from. And if you enter into life, you will apprehend what is right. But if you try to avoid what is wrong in order to do what is right, your, what's central and pivotal to you is your present definition of good and evil which is skewed. And that's why God is trying to deliver us from ourselves. Now, 
I had the most amazing revelation here today. And I'm going to try and do my best. Pray for me. Pray right now. Lean in to God. Because the clarity that was coming to me was so amazing. Because I, I've been reading and thinking about the scriptures. When Jesus came, and it says, and he preached to them concerning the kingdom of God which should come. And he, he said, the kingdom of God is, is within you. And he, I mean, there's all of these sort of vague terminology. What is the kingdom of God in our midst? Some of you businessmen, well, I want to have a kingdom business. I want to have a Christian business. Is that more than having, you know, little tracks in the waiting room? Right? Is that, is that, does that mean you're, you know, you have little scriptures on your business card or a little fish? Right? I mean, what does it mean to have a Christian kingdom business? It's about releasing an atmosphere that belongs in heaven or that originates in heaven into where you go. Well, how do you do that? Well, you start by getting one for yourself. Wow. Well, how do we, how do, how do, we do that? Well, God is dividing right now. He's dividing right now. Now, at the core here, it always comes down to the heart, right? The Bible says this, says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Be careful where what's coming out of your heart. It says, because out of your heart are the issues of life. That by that we mean the issues of what? Life and death. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? Out of your heart comes life or death. Now, what is the heart? The heart is, and I've said it a couple of times recently, but for those of you that are just here, we should actually get a little icon, you know, of, of, a, of a tap, you know, inside the mechanism of a tap, when you only have one handle kind of tap, you, you lean it one way, and if you lean it that way, you get more cold water, and if you lean it this way, you get more hot water, or vice versa, right? So the heart leans one way or another to let the issues of life or death through. And so the, the issue of what ha- is happening in our life is what way is your heart leaning? And God is trying to tell us, listen, your heart leans... In the direction of your confidence. Isn't that simple? Your heart leans in the direction of your confidence. What do you believe in? What do you believe will is the solution for this situation? What now not what you know not what your mind says, because you know, we, we're so Christian educated, right? We we do this stuff, we say, okay, we're gonna do this, and we'll just say, Lord bless it. So that's the evidence we're trusting God because we said a prayer at the end or before, right? That's the evidence. Well, that's not any evidence at all. That's, that's just your little token thing. The question is, what do you really believe? And this is what God is trying to do. He's trying to show you, where are you drawing from? What do you draw from? Do you draw from your own strength or you draw from him? Now, what I was saying this morning, and this is, this is so amazing, I was seeing the kingdom of God, and I was seeing the kingdom of God as it was before the fall, before Satan fell. And I've been trying to find ways to illustrate it. And interestingly, I was thinking about people who sing out of tune. But there's some people who just cannot hold a tune, right? Because they try to stay online, but they invariably vary. They, they wobble. They, they become dissonant. They release a dissonant sound. They're not able to stay on point, right? You got a guitar down here. You tune it up. It's, you know, you pick it up a day later and say, what's the matter with this thing? I just tuned it yesterday. 
but you have to retune it. Why? Because the nature of the world around us, the atmosphere of death that we've been born into is, is degrading. It causes things to fall off point. It causes everything, to, rather than them staying uh, in that optimum place where they're functionally correct, where they're right, they move off of that grid onto something else. So we ran across something kind of interesting a few years ago when I first started in the computer world. And I was working with PageMaker, and I was doing my, my uh, you know, what do you call it, um, my Watchman Chronicle. We were printed this out and sent it out. But I found this thing called Snap to Grid. Anybody understand what Snap to Grid is? Put up your hand if you understand Snap to Grid. Okay, basically what it is, it, it means there are these pre... So if you have a page that you're looking at, an electronic page, and you put a piece of text somewhere, it will fall into prescribed lines so that if you plant another one, it will be immediately in alignment. So whatever, whatever you put in a graphic or if you put anything, that it will snap to alignment as opposed to being misaligned, right? Now, uh, you think, wow, that's a, that's a, well, I should do that all the time because now I won't miss the mark. Well, here's, here's, here's you know, this is hard Hard to absorb. But think of it in the way of singing. What if you never went off tune? What if, what if there was no option? When you went to sing, when somebody said, let's sing A, you opened your mouth and A came out. Oh, wow, that, that'd be great because now the people who can't sing can sing. Whoa, that's so great. But you know who doesn't like that? the people who can sing. Why? Now I have nothing with which to distinguish myself. Now I have... Let me me digress here. The kingdom of darkness is a kingdom full of variation. It is a kingdom full of not positive variation, not, not, not differences, not, not variety in the, in the sense, but per autonomy to go to become discordant. All right? The kingdom of darkness is a refusal to be aligned to that which is right and a, will, and a desire to do whatever I want with the belief that whatever I want is equally as good as that which was on point. L- listen to me. There's scriptures all over the place. Who do, you, who do you think you are, they said to Jesus. We will not have this man to rule over us. What makes you think you're so right? I mean, these are, these are the voices of satanic rebellion. When Satan rebelled, it's because he wanted the, the, the ability to distinguish himself apart from the things that God had given I know, I know I'm, we're, we're hitting something, and I know some people don't understand what we're talking about. But this is the issue. When we stand before the Lord, it says we're going to cast down our crowns, if we in fact have some. But whatever it is we have, we're going to say, it's not me, it's grace. It's not me, it's grace. What does that take away? That takes away your ability to boast. That means that there's no credit given to you at all. Are you okay with a system where you don't get any of the credit? What if everything you do correctly, that's from God's point correctly, is a gift? Then you have nothing to hold over nobody else. 
You've got nothing to compare yourself. There's no, there's no I'm greater, I'm lesser. It's, it's I've been given this and I haven't been given that. But I honor what God has given to you and I honor what God has given to you. But there's no sense or need for competition. But we, we don't operate from that, that plumb line. We operate from a, from a competitive dog-eat-dog. I must distinguish myself. I must find something to create value around what I am. And so the idea of just living in this, and this is the way Satan viewed the kingdom of heaven, where this thing where we're living within, you know, the, the benevolence of God is just doesn't do it, cut it for me. I want to be exalted in a unique way. And within this system, I can't be. Because everything that I am, I owe to God. And I hate that. Everything I am, I've been given. And I, 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 I so badly want to be my own person. Sound familiar? We've been born into this. We've been reared in this. We've created systems around this. Promotions and, and, and uh, culture groups and uh, reward. You know, and now... Anyway, I'm trying to get, I was going to get ahead of myself there. But we don't even know how to think outside of this. Isn't this what makes us human? No! It is not what makes us human. It's what makes us fallen. And so you have hints of this all throughout the scripture. So when there's division in the Corinthian church, you know, Paul, Paul says, writes to them, he says, listen, this ought not to be. He said, what do you have that you haven't been given? Why do you act like this is yours? You see, the spirit of division, the spirit of conflict, the spirit of self-promotion comes out of, out of the lie that you can produce something that's worth producing in and of yourself. And what the kingdom of God is, and this is why, Matthew 6.33, we have that affirmation, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you because he's saying, listen, listen there, is, there is a rightness that is in God and in God alone that man can never achieve. And you think, well, well how can you illustrate that? Well, imagine, and you could never find the line. The tone is being played. I, I mean, I was actually, when I first became a Christian, I was tone deaf. I remember this young guy who was playing piano for me while I was leading worship with my tone deafness. He was getting really mad because I couldn't, I couldn't find the, the, the key. You know, it was sometimes I could find it, sometimes I couldn't. But he, he's going, bing, 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 this one. And I'm, but I keep falling off. I keep not being able to find it. I, that right tone, I, I'm, I'm seeking for it, but I can't find it. So here's what God is saying. My righteousness is an on-point reality that you can come into that comes only from me, that cannot be found without me. But what we want to do, let's make an equal playing field where nobody's really wrong. Where you can find your rightness, that what's right for you is right for you, and nobody else can question that. That sounds like Satan, all right? The kingdom of God is, an, is, a, is a snap to grid system that when you come there, you, you come into alignment by virtue of who he is, not who you are. 
by the power of God and you exhibit out of that rightness of who he is, who he is, and you live in the line of that. And you don't even, ha- you don't even want to, but you don't even really have the ability to go outside of it. There's a force that causes you to snap to grid. What's the alternate? There is this force that causes us to become dissonant instead. That's the kingdom of darkness, where we're always falling in between the lines but never hitting the lines. That's the kingdom of darkness. Wow. And so God is saying, listen, what I want to do is I want to align you with who I am so that what you do is just right. It's righteous. That thing that's righteous is not because, well, you know, I I, I tried really hard. Got it. I'm on point. Oh, I'm off point again. No, there's, a, there's an internal alignment in, that begins in your heart that causes you to value the rightness of God and only the rightness of God in exclusion to every need to distinguish yourself or every desire for the praise of men, every pat on the back and all, all the things that human affirmation and reward, the systems we built around that generate hope, to generate confidence, to generate worth, that we set it all aside and we live in the parameters that he loves us and therefore we don't need any worth aside from the worth that comes from him. Furthermore, we've discovered that the worth that comes from him when he says, I love you, is better than every human accomplishment, far greater than as the earth is, as the valley is, as high as the, the mountain. It's that much greater. What if, what if we could live in the presence of you are my son, and it satisfies everything inside of us. You are my child. You are my beloved. You are my loved one. You see, this fire that rages inside of us, that tries to distinguish itself, to, 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 to be set apart, to be higher, to be nobler, to be more famous, to be have more likes on our Facebook yeah, page, you know, to... All of that comes from I must be my own man aside from the snap-to-grid formula of this God who I don't trust. That is the sediment. That is the heart of the kingdom of darkness. And to the degree that that mistrust is in our heart, we have a capacity now to misalign. And so what God is doing in our lives is saying, listen, there is a capacity that I can give you that causes you to just do it right. And when you open your mouth and you start to sing, suddenly you're, you're singing in tune. Now, I'm not literally talking about literal singing. You understand this, right? It's a metaphor for apprehending the rightness of God, the coming into alignment. And so what Paul discovered is that, is that man, there is something available when, when we are aligned with God. It is the righteousness of God that becomes manifest in our lives. And how do we apprehend it? How do we get that? We have to believe that it's there. We have to want it. And a part of believing that it's there is believing that it is the correct thing. See, when, you, when we're called to seek first the righteousness of God, we're wanting, 
what is your measurement on this? What is your attitude? What is your heart? What do you believe is correct? Father, I pray today that the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom would come forth and supplant in us, Lord, this, this hive of darkness, Lord, and self-loathing and competition and pride and, uh, and ambition that rises and stirs and fuels so much of our activity. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would displace that thing in our lives. Now, but when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there's in two different places, Genesis 3, 3.17 says, Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded your wife, you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles that shall bring forth from you, and you shall eat the herb and the sweat of the field in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you are taken for dust you are and to dust you shall return now what god is doing here is he's not saying yeah oh yeah you you, you disobeyed me eh? well here is the penalty what he's doing is he's informing them of their choice now god can punish and he would be right to punish and he will his wrath will be poured out on wickedness and i we have no problem with that but basically this is not so much uh, God laying something on Adam and Eve as much as saying to them, okay, you made a choice. This is the choice you made. You chose rather than the snap to grid, you know, ease of living in the abundance of my strength and my life where all of a sudden you sing and you're on point. When you do things, it works, right? Uh, it, now you have a million options between the rightness that I previously bound you to. All of which are wrong. All of which are broken. Furthermore, because you've chosen this one, you've alienated yourself from that one narrow line of perfection that I had given to you. And now everything you do, A, you're going to do it out of worrisome effort. That's literally what the, what, the, what the word in Hebrew means for toil. Worry some effort. You actually go to the New Testament, you think, well, don't, you know what Jesus said, don't worry, right? He said, he said, which of you, he's saying, listen, listen, toil is of no value. Now, men have created a culture out of toil. You know, now it's like, like toil gives me a sense of accomplishment, Right? Now toil, we've, we've, we've made, we give medals for toil now. Striving, pride, ambition. You know, that drives you to exercise excellence. You know, now, now re, re, he said, listen, now everything you do, rather than it coming to you, you must work for it. You must expend all of your strength, and there's a system of competitiveness where the best will rise to the top, and they will rule over you with oppression. And furthermore, the very best of them won't even come close to the rightness that I gave you for free before. This is what you chose. Do you realize what you chose? In other words, he said, listen, good is beyond you. Now, you have the 
ability to choose between a million different versions of good, none of which comes close to me, because for the version of truth and righteousness that I have, you need me. I am the source of that. I'm the only source of that. And now, despite the fact that you might want this, you won't even be able to find that line anymore. It used to just come to you. It used to, used to snap to grid. You used to think a certain way. You could have lived within the boundaries of this life, but you chose death instead. How many of us want to get rid of that? Right? That's the journey. That's the journey. And, and what seduces us along the way is elevated versions of human performance that are better than others that lie to us to tell us that they're good enough. Well, it's kind of demoralizing to my self-worth. Yes, if your self-worth is based on performance. If your self-worth is not based on performance, you are rejoicing. And this is why the people who responded to the message of Jesus were the ones that were failing. In this righteous society, right, you have these people, and the ones, the sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, they ran to Jesus. The ones who thought they were hitting the mark but weren't, they hated this. You're saying that we're not even hitting the mark. Do you know how much effort I put into this? Do you know what lengths I go to to make sure that all my religious stuff is in order? I have dedicated my whole life, my blood, sweat, and tears to be righteous. And you're saying I'm what? Full of dead men's bones? How dare you? And the other guy's like, <laughs> I knew I couldn't do that. I'm, I knew I was missing it. <laughs> Hallelujah! That's the gospel of the kingdom. So what if, in incremental layers, the atmosphere, the snap-to-grid atmosphere for righteousness would start to fall on us? I mean, seriously, think of all the effort where you, well, well I, I tried to be good and I couldn't. I tried to be good while I was better than him, but less, than, less good than him and not good enough to be an elder, and, but, you know... What if, that, what if you could be free from all that? And you could just land upon the righteousness of God by the grace of God. How do you get there? You've got to be delivered from the need to distinguish yourself by yourself. So God is pointing to the, the source of your strength, the source of your confidence. Which way is your heart leaning and if you are strong in an area, you tend to lean into that. That's why Jesus, Paul said, I prefer to value my weaknesses because when I'm weak, I lean into the perfection of God. And when I think I'm doing well, I don't. So weakness is a great releaser because I don't have to worry about, am I doing it right? I know I'm not. It frees me. To find the rightness of God. And I'm more ready to abandon my version. My right version. My truth. My reality. This is a doctrine of demons that's invading our culture because of the absence of the apostolic gospel that frees us from striving, from toil. He says... Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Are you tired of the toil, he said to them? Are you tired of working in your own strength and getting 
you know, exponential strength only brings incremental increases. That's the, that's the life in this system of the kingdom of darkness. That's the life when you're surrounded by the dynamic of death. And what you need is life, life, life. And so there's a people rising up in the last days who are going to be so fully convinced. And by, I mean fully. They are going to leave off all of that. Not, not participate in the grace a little bit, only where I'm weak and then I'll shine where I'm strong. But they'll have an appreciation that anything I do in my own strength is far, 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 far less than that which the grace of God can perfect in me. So God is bringing you through a process where he's showing you that the, all the effort that you make doesn't bring any proper returns. He's not doing that to discourage you, yet he is. Not to discourage you about the journey, but to discourage you about the way you're doing it. Say, that is not work. I'm not going to honor that. That's bringing death in your life. It seems for a moment to elevate you and make you feel confident and special and all the rest of that, but it's, it's a black hole. Father, we pray today for whatever the kingdom of God will mean for our hearts, whatever the kingdom of God is meant to look like in our lives. See, it goes way beyond, way beyond moral perfection, goes way beyond having the grace to work longer hours. What if it suddenly came into your business? What if all of a sudden, you know, and this is the journey, my journey in ministry, where all of a sudden I did less but produced more. Why? Because I don't trust. It's not that I don't do anything, but I don't believe that my due diligence is the key to success here. I still must do, you know, my due diligence, but that's just basic life. But all the success must come from God breathing upon what I'm doing. And, and the call of us as Christian businessmen in this room is to step into a realm where the kingdom of God permeates every part of your labor and the product you produce at the end of the day. Furthermore, you walk around with this atmosphere so that when people encounter you and they, well, you're so joyful. Does your wife tell you to smile? No, I'm, I'm can't you see my, my cube? I'm living in something else. You can pretend to be living in something else, and that's religious toil. We've, we're done with that version. But what if the real version of an atmosphere that walked with us every day? Wow. So, well, I, I had that once. I had that once. Remember that conference a long time ago? I came to it, and pfft, yeah. I, I, what if you could have that every day? What keeps you from having it every day? The heart the heart, what you lean into. How do I stop leaning into this one? You stop seeing it as valuable. But what if I think it's valuable? Then you must experience it and the outcomes of it so that you're convinced it has no value. And then you will automatically lean into God. Father, make us a people that lean into God. Lean into your strength no longer coveting to be distinguished or praised or 
head and shoulders above everybody else, but just walking in the perfection and the grace that's flushing through our being. Lord, when we say from now on, your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord, I pray that we'll just picture that atmosphere that comes down like a blanket over our region. This Spruce Grove, God, this is what we envision, Spruce Grove, that spiritual health will cause mental health, will cause emotional health, will cause diligence and faith, will cause prosperity because all of a sudden this is a different kingdom. Things are, you know what? Things are not even wearing out the way they used to. That's what, the, that's what happened to Israel. They're walking through the wilderness, but they're surrounded in this cloud so that even the soles of their shoes is not wearing out. What is that? That is a suspension of the kingdom of darkness as another set of laws comes in and displaces the previous set. That's the kingdom of God. What if your faith, as it increases, could cause a manifestation in Spruce Grove Suddenly, things just work here. Wow, we, you know, companies start looking at their stats. You know, we sell these things. They're breaking down everywhere except in Spruce Grove. What's the deal with that? We need to find out which versions we ship there and ship them everywhere. And we ship them everywhere. They're breaking down everywhere. But what is that? That's the, that's the kingdom of God. What, do you, what is it you do that others aren't doing? It's the kingdom of God. It's not me. And I'll gladly boast in that. Is it? Can you see the possibilities? Wow. Amen. So we are, we are leaning into God and we are believing for greater things on every tier. This is not about us. It's not about skill. It's not about virtue. This is not about what we can produce. It's about God breathing upon what we're doing. And it's available for everyone. In fact, it's coming and the whole earth is going to be filled with this.